Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're not close friends with anyone until you've gone through a conflict. Because you will eventually have a conflict, and then you know that's a close friend. When you, when you work it out, and you deal with it together, and you forgive each other, and then you're okay again. Dang. That is a good friend, because that's you good. know that's not going to end, that, that you can go through and weather conflict. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today was an awesome interview. We have Jenny and Zach Allen. That's right. Uh, our audience was really excited about this. They used the word icon when yes. describing Jenny and Zach. So Jenny is a New York Times bestselling author. She is coming out with a book called Find Your People on February 22nd. You might have heard of her other books, uh, like Get Out of Your Head, mm -hmm. Made for This, Nothing mm -hmm. to Prove, Restless, Anything, and Stuck. She has a lot of books. Between her and her husband, they had so much advice on building communities, gaining deeper relationships with your friends, your family, and the community around you, and how to get things how to get through things like drama and gossip and superficial relationships that we all struggle with. Which is really important, you know, because you it have is. to make it through conflict to have impactful relationships. So her husband, Zach, uh, was a pastor and now he does other things like being the CEO of a company called Sport Ice, which we yes. tease a little bit. He He's also, also a rancher. Yeah, they have some pretty cool stories. They do. Um, and we really enjoy talking with Jenny and Zach. So if you want to find out more about them and what they're up to, we will link information down below that you can check out as well as the link to her book called find your people without further ado, we bring you Jenny and Zach Allen. All right, Jenny and Zach Allen. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure to meet you. It's great to yep. meet you guys. Jenny, it's Thanks been how many months? It's almost been a year. I mean, it was before your baby. Yeah. Wasn't it? Weren't it you was, I think it was like a month before he was born. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. That, that we were on, that I was on your podcast. Yes. Which was incredible. Was so it's good great. to talk you to know, you again. You know, it was it was leading up to 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 the Olympics, I think. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. I it's honestly, I'm not gonna lie, it's honestly kind of a blur because I, I was bet. nine months pregnant. Yeah. I gave birth on the day of the opening ceremonies and I, I cannot life you just yes. stood still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's hysterical that you gave birth on the day of, of course. ceremonies. Of course. Yes. Uh, they, they only makes sense pretty much. Yes. We were supposed to actually <laughs> be there. I was actually supposed to commentate kind of some of it. And then I remember we, we got pregnant a lot sooner than we expected and I remember going to the OB the first day and she's like, your due date is this. And I was like, why does that sound familiar? I was like, oh, that's the opening ceremonies. Cool. So for those listening who don't know what we're talking about, Jenny interviewed Sean on her yes. podcast called Made for This. How many episodes have you done, Jenny, on your show? You know what? I appreciate that you you took a guess at like 200-ish. That's probably generous. I, I honestly don't know. I have not kept up with it because we don't number them. So I need to go back and look. But I've been doing it. I've been doing it about two years. So. Yeah. And it's Jenny, have it. you interviewed Zach yet? 
Oh, he is our most popular guest, y'all. I love my husband. That. My husband is our most pop. In fact, we did a short little series together, and everybody now is like, "Bring Zach back, bring him back." Yeah, I'm the mystery guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, as we were talking before the show, Zach, you would describe yourself as the guy who does ranches, popsicles, and Kids sells books. children's books. Sells children's, children's books. books. Yeah. Please yeah. explain. Which, yeah, which makes it really easy to understand <laughs> basically it means it means that i'm not really good at anything but i have my hands in a lot of things and so i'm kind of a serial starter and so Love my that. best value to an organization a company is just on on the front side and when it actually starts going they need people that are good at things and that's when i'm out and so i just kind of i just kind of move on to the next thing and so yeah i find myself in the midst of the start of companies and I love it. That's, that's, that's where my energy and my value is. I feel like you and I would get along because I'm the same way. I'm a serial starter, yep. but I, once, like you said, once you need someone who's good at it, I'm like, you're good. <laughs> you just do it. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. 2022 for us, we called it the year of hires because <laughs> a lot of these ideas have started taking a little bit of fruition uh -huh. and it's just not healthy for us in marriage <laughs> and family to try to have our hands in all of that. I think between the two of us, we have, I have three, maybe eight Probably companies. Probably eight different companies that we're involved in. It's, it's so not- Y'all get it. It's, it's not, not, say, not This boring. sounds very familiar. It's I feel like boring. majority of our quest, of our like arguments and conversations are around who can we bring on to help offload all of these yep. like passion projects we're starting. Yeah. Yep. Here's what the, the, the word that I heard when I shared that we were going to interview Jenny and Zach Allen was, oh my gosh, they are icons. Yes. So <laughs> it, it is pretty amazing to look at what you guys have built um, and what you guys are doing, how you're impacting lives. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and Jenny, you're joining us today because you have a new book yeah. coming out called yeah. Find Your People. I would love to hear about this. Yes. yes. So I saw an issue prior to COVID. This is years ago. I saw that loneliness was on the rise. I was hearing it from everybody we serve. It was just, it was everywhere. And I felt like, okay, there's, this is a big problem. And, and also I traveled to Rwanda where our son is from and Uganda and Haiti. And then Europe, we would go to Italy and we would see a whole different way that people lived. And it was more of like a village type existence where there would be 150 people in a small little town in Italy and they all use the same little grocer. And we stayed in a little Airbnb there and we walked to the grocer and, the, and it was middle of nowhere, Italy, not the touristy towns, you know? And they, they were like, who are you? What are you doing here? And mm -hmm. they all knew each other. They all, they all knew each other. And everybody in the grocery little grocer was talking and, and catching up. And I just, I, I've come home from all of these trips and felt like, what are we missing here that causes us to live so independent and isolated and not connected? And so it was in a, you know, I always like to write books because it, it's so much work and it takes so long um, to, about things that make me curious. And so I was just genuinely curious about the way people live and why here it feels like we're so isolated and disconnected. And wow. so that was the big experiment. And I was super encouraged because what I learned from those villages is that we can recreate a lot of those things, even in a big city. My husband and I were in Dallas. And so it's not at all like that little town mm -hmm. in Italy, but I do think we can have some of those 
traits and characteristics in our lives here as well. You have said before in interviews that the most common question you get is how do I make friends? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Kind of, that is, and it's crazy. But then a couple of questions to that. One, why do you think that is? Why do you think people are so lonely yeah. and are so, um, I don't know, they hold themselves back from reaching out for community? I feel like it's so hard for an individual to go on a date, let alone go meet a friend. And That's right. is that just our culture and our society or is that everybody? Yeah, I would say it's definitely our culture because most people... Um, depend on each other, right? So part of it is our wealth. Part of it is just, and by wealth, I just mean almost everybody in America makes a living wage. You go to a a, a little village in Rwanda, they, they're they farming together. They're going to get water together. Like there's just some natural togetherness that comes when you don't have doors, right? They all mm -hmm. have, they're in huts where they don't have even a door that locks. So the idea that we have what we need, we Amazon it if we don't, and we don't ever borrow an egg, you know, we go to Home mm -hmm. Depot and buy the ladder instead of borrow it from a neighbor. Most cultures are dependent on each other. And so the number one thing I hear from, from people is I'm too busy or I've been so hurt or I've tried over and over again and it hasn't worked. There's so many reasons that it's difficult here, but and it's, it's real and we've got to overcome it. But I've found that people, you know, if you know, you're not the only lonely one, if you know that that there's other people that are lonely, it makes you braver to ask people mm -hmm. to get together. And you have to expect rejection. You have to expect it on the first, second, third try that that maybe it's not gonna click for you or or you just, you know, they, they're too busy or maybe they already have their group of friends, but eventually you're gonna get a yes. And I always say, would it be worth it to you if I told you after five attempts that were difficult and you felt a little bit rejected, you had a friend for life, would you do it? And everybody says yes, you know, mm -hmm. so you have to assume that at some point you're going to find people that you enjoy being with and it's just work. That's the bottom line. It's work. And, and we have to choose to do it, but here's the thing. It's so much fun. And in, you know, we just moved to Dallas about five years ago and had to start over and it was so overwhelming. So we really get that, that it is overwhelming and daunting, but we feel like we have so many friends now that we will count friends till we die if we stay here. Like they are, they are that kind of level of friend, but it has taken a lot of initiation. And I think, you know, we're, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. It's very hard. There's a lot of barriers to, to cause this to happen. Mm -hmm. Zach, would you describe yourself as an introvert or extrovert? I'm actually an introvert. Yeah. Really? I fuel up by being alone, but it confuses people a lot of times. Well, he's really outgoing and the last one to leave, if we're in a public setting, last one to leave party, last one to leave church. Like he's just all in with people when he's with them. But I do think, yeah, he does He does pick. I will alone. go to a movie theater and watch a movie by myself and be just fine. So yeah. if that says anything. I, I, Jenny I couldn't do What that. about you guys? I, go ahead. No. No, 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 I'm, I'm super introverted. Here. I'm introverted. <laughs> Yeah. That was actually a huge um, kind of like tension spot for us when we started dating and got, got married was I am so introverted that going to like group settings, I would just like ball up and I'd be like, I don't know how to talk to people. This is very awkward. I'm very shy. And he is polar opposite. And he like, babe, just talk to someone. Just say hi. I'm like, I don't know how. Yeah. 
yeah, it has caused like there's there's kind of like a misunderstanding of like why don't why aren't you excited to go hang out with this big group of people we've never met before? I yeah. love that. I love getting yeah. to meet new people. But I'm curious. So for speaking to people who do have, I don't know, like social anxiety or they don't feel yeah. confident meeting new people, what what are the lessons that you could share with them? Yeah. So the great news about this is it's not adding something to your life. It's actually looking for the people that are already in your life. Likely you have neighbors, you have coworkers, you have people that you're seeing at your kids' soccer games. Like you probably have people in your life that, that you maybe haven't noticed or you haven't invested in. And so I don't think it's something that should come as a huge add-on or addition to what you're already doing. I think you should look in the fabric of where you live and how you're already living, because that, those are actually going to be the people that you most easily run into and see the most often. And so what I saw from, from village life is that proximity mattered, vulnerability and transparency mattered, that accountability that most villages are set up with a lot of accountability built into them. Meaning, um, for instance, when we move near family, they're all of a sudden, my kids were not just accountable to us, but their grandparents were going to come to the game that they can't they can't even be on anymore because they miss practice. And now they have to call their grandparents and say, Hey, I miss practice. And there's just built in accountability when you're doing life with people that are for people, especially raising kids. When it says takes, it takes a village. This is what it means is they, they, they're okay. Disappointing us, but they really didn't want to disappoint their grandparents. So there was something really cool about moving closer to family and seeing that accountability come. And then you see that they're on mission together and mission for all of us can look like, I mean, they're having to gather and hunt and do all these things, but mission for all of us could be soccer games with our kids, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just doing things together. And then the last thing is just consistency that, that you don't quit when it gets hard, because we all know that that is a huge temptation in our world. And, Man. and so for the person that's got social anxiety, I would just say, you're probably around people anyway, and you probably don't need to go to a party to meet people. Mm -hmm. You probably could just meet them for coffee. Someone from your, your kids, you know, school or, or someone, if you're single from your apartment complex, like how can you just invest in one person that's already around you rather than feeling like I need to really put myself out there or get on Bumble or do something crazy to meet people. You really can, I think, find it in the fabric of your lives. Man, the not quitting part mm -hmm. really hit me. We've had several, I, when I feel like you're out of college and you're an adult, especially when you have kids, the random social interactions, like just the volume of those decreases, I feel like. So like, you know, we, the most recent event that we've been to where we were around a group of people we'd never met was like our daughter started school. And so like, mm -hmm. we're meeting all these new parents. Right. But yeah, so we've had friends where we haven't been able to invest as much time because, you know, they moved 30 minutes away, 40 minutes mm -hmm. away. And so yes. we interact, but there's like conflict and there's been a couple of times where like, gosh, we just, should we just in, like walk away from this? Cause this is frustrating and it's annoying and they hurt my feelings. But you know, if the goal is to actually have deep connection, then yeah. pushing through that conflict and, and like actually understanding each other in a deeper way, I feel like is so powerful. So that's, that's my random tangent of, of thought. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all know these past few years have been extremely hard uh, for so many people. And being isolated doesn't help when you need someone to talk to. Speaking of that, I wanted to give a shout out to one brand that we've loved working with, and that's BetterHelp. BetterHelp actually helps to assess your needs and match you with your own 
licensed professional therapist. Yes, they are awesome. You can even start communicating in under 48 hours with your matched therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Yes, and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available, which we love. So visit betterhelp.com forward slash Eastfam. That's better H-E-L-P and join over the 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Our Couple Things listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com forward slash Eastfam. We'll also link it down below. All right, as a kid, I used to love when my parents would sit down and play a game with us or do any activity. And right here in our hands, we have the KiwiCo box, which is the activity of all activities for young kids. The colorful chemistry set, to be specific. So with Drew and Jet and Bear, we try to have really intentional playtime. And that's hard because they're all different ages and kind of in different developmental kind of phases of life. I love with KiwiCo that each month we get boxes specific to their ages and kind of like the activity development phase that they're in. So each box, this one's the colorful chemistry set. Um, This has to do with science, but especially with Bear, it can be really hard with a four month old to know like how to interact with him where he needs to be at four months old. And I love in these crates, they actually have cards that say, here are activities or things you can do specific to Bear that will help him identify colors or whatever it is. I love KiwiCo. There's always something new for kids to discover, like learning about the science of ice cream, engineering robots, or doing science experiments, which our kids have loved recently. Sean is currently holding, as she said, the Colorful Chemistry Kit, which has provided hours of entertainment for our kids. They look forward to their new crate every month, and this one kept them really engaged. We got to experiment with mixing oil and water, mixing different colors, and watching how different things react. It was so fun. We basically created our own little chemistry lab with the kids, and we could feel their excitement when they got to play around and mix things together. Plus, it barely made a mess, so it was really quick to clean up and to use again another day. It can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children engaged, challenged, and off their screens, but KiwiCo does the work for you, so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com, promo code COUPLE. Jenny and Zach, how long have you been married? This May, we will have... We will celebrate how many, Jenny? 25 years. 25 years. Oh, my gosh. No way. Let's go. Wait, isn't that like... That's like a big we one. Sh- we should take a trip. We should do. You should do something. What? what? He's already got it planned. I, I probably should get on that. <laughs> he, <laughs> he just won't tell me what it is. I know he planned it. I'm nervous for um, you, wait, Zach. Have you? Zach, are you a planner <laughs> like that? He loves planning. Uh, oh my gosh, he's a co- he's like a concierge. So so I am a closet concierge. If you have a trip that you want to take. Yeah, um, I've probably thought of it and kind of <laughs> even if I haven't taken it, I planned it in my head. And Wait. so just Andrew, call me up. I'm and going I, to get your Andrew, cell phone number. Andrew, please I'm the talk opposite. to my husband. But, he doesn't but, plan. The, <laughs> he doesn't plan. So, but part of this is who I married. Um, Jenny loves surprises. She grew up with a dad that loves surprising her. And 
And so, and, and also she's an Enneagram seven. And so she'll do hard work, but she wants to know the payoff. Like she <laughs> wants to know that on the backside of there's something, a there's a reward coming. <laughs> Babe, and so this is me. that's just, that's 25 years of marriage. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still, we're still working these out, but I'm the same way. I will work as hard as anyone, but I've got yeah. to know there's like a reward on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. How long have y'all been married? It'll be six years. In April. In April. Yeah. Okay, well, those are were our least favorite. Y'all seem perfectly happy and awesome, but it gets better, y'all. It gets so much it better. Does. Year <laughs> six was your least favorite? Is that what you're saying? Yes, we were yeah, in massive yeah. marriage counseling yeah, we in year were, six. Yeah, yeah. years five through seven were the hardest. Yeah. Two kiddos, two toddlers at home. Yeah, uh, we just... It was rough. I married a fighter. I was about keeping my composure. Oh, y'all. I would try we to have a fight. We didn't know how to conflict at I all. I would try to have a fight with him, which I needed to have because I had things to say. And he would turn <laughs> over and go to sleep. Like, it was terrible. Mm. We just, we got it, counseling and it changed everything. Because and... it was better for me to say nothing than to say the wrong thing. So I would just turn over and go to sleep thinking it'll just be better in the morning. And, and it, it is. And no. It, well, it, it, it is, is dude. Not. Are you <laughs> Until, <laughs> until. She's like, no, no. I was just storing it up. I was all exactly. I feel like I'm having a conversation with our future selves Uh right here. This is so weird. I will say, we are doing great. We love each other. We love our marriage, everything. But kids throws a whole different aspect into it, and people don't prepare you for that. People prepare you for the hardship of children, but not for the hardship of marriage with children. And, and young young children. I yes. think those are the hardest years on a marriage because you're so tired. All yes. you're just in survival. Everything yeah. is survival. And I always get sad when I see people divorcing with young kids because I'm like, no, no, no. Like just hang on. It gets better. You're eventually gonna get to leave them at home and not get a babysitter. Like things mm. really do like turn yeah. a corner when they're all independent and you can like look at each other again and and be in love again. And you're like, oh yeah, I remember why I married you. But yeah, nobody's their best self in toddler years. Yeah. So we so have rough. a two-year-old and a six-month-old. So we're in the thick yeah. of it. Yeah. This actually brings me to a question uh, back to the theme of your book. Like in marriage, I, I feel like my perspective has shifted from, hey, like, let me get married. So, you know, I could marry my best friend and spend a lot of time with them to some extent. Or like you have a friendship because, oh, this is fun and we're always doing an adventure or I like, you know, whatever thing we do together to no like the the purpose is to to love another person, like to know Sean and and to be known. And I, I feel like that helps in times of conflict, like see the way through because it's not about, oh, I'm not having fun anymore or this is difficult. It's like, no, I view now these difficult times with kids as the next, you know, boss that we have to beat in the video game of, of marriage to like, you know, understand what comes next. But I'm curious how you view relationships or if I'm way off, how do you guys approach that? I mean, here's the thing is we are both hard wired, going to go change the world people. Like that's who Mm. we are. And so I remember when our kids were young, um, somebody said to us, in fact, we were pregnant with our first, somebody said, there's two ways to view your family. You can put your children in the center of your circle, or you can add them to your circle and put the world in the center. Mm -hmm. And what that means is not leaving your kids all the time or anything like that. It just means 
they go with you. Like you still have a life and you still have visions and dreams, but you do that together as a family. And I think we've raised a team. I mean, we really feel Mm -hmm. like a team. Our kids are very committed to each other and very committed to, to make a difference in the world in all different ways. Each of them is wired as an entrepreneur, weirdly. And we have our daughter who you know, is doing photography and wants to do humanitarian photography. And we have our son who started a fly fishing camp when he was 14. And now he's about to graduate college and he's launching that company as an outdoor company called How to Outdoors, everybody. And wow. he'll be so proud I mentioned that. Um, and, and he's just figuring it out, like how to help the next generation get outdoors. That's his vision and dream. And so you've got each of them with these different little dreams that they have. But I think it came from all of us doing that together. And Mm. they watched, you know, my husband was a pastor for a long time and he, he was starting a church. And so we just set up chairs every week. Well, they did it with us, you know? And, and I think there's something about just doing life together, whatever it is, whatever passion you have, um, rather than feeling like, oh, our whole lives have to revolve around our kids. It's so much more fun to go, you know what? Our lives revolve around helping people and serving people. Y'all come with us as we do that. And then I think it builds a culture and a family that's, that's really really close. And I, and I think we can now say with our oldest being 22 and 25 years into marriage, like what about this experiment? Like, has it, it worked? worked? Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> they works. are they're, awesome. They're thriving. Like, they don't, they don't, they don't resent, resent yes. not being the center of our family. In fact, in fact, they're so thankful and it's modeled to them of going, they want to also raise their kids in that same way that we all come alongside. We're a team on a mission together. So then if somebody's headed out somewhere to do something, whether it's play a sport or whatever, we're all like cheering them on. There's this sense of we send out from our family that is healthy and awesome. And then they bring in, right? Like they bring in and it sounds like I'm bragging, but I think it's good for people to hear that there's healthy, good families out there. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I think for so long, I thought, gosh, all families are broken and all, and I'm not saying we don't have our big, bad problems in our family, but we own those and we talk about them and there's constant apologies in our house. And I just think there's there, it's fun. And the reward that's coming, you can't see this when you have babies, you can't see this when you have toddlers, the reward that's coming is you're raising your friends, you're raising Mm. your future favorite people, you know? Mm. And, and I would say that's how we feel. Like there's nobody we'd rather be with on a Friday night than our oldest kids. Like they are so fun. Now the youngest one, we love him, but you know, he's still, he's in seventh grade y'all. He doesn't have a frontal lobe. Like we're still massively parenting. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're still in process there, but the ones that we've raised, we're like, gosh, that was worth it all. Like they are, they are so fun and we like them. And it's just, it makes life really rewarding and fun, but you can't see that. I wish somebody had painted a better picture of that when we had diapers and toddlers and it felt like, what are we even doing? And life is over. Um, it really is an investment into something that you're going to love later. I love that. What about when, so you guys kind of, do you, would you say you work together? Is that a fair? Beside each other. Yeah. Beside Somebody each other. told us you really need to have your own, you're both directional leaders. And so you really need your own movies to direct. Like you really need your own places to lead. We're good consultants for each other. <laughs> yeah. So like we, we don't, yeah. we don't like they, run things together or we kill each other. Yeah. Yeah, or it just wouldn't last long. We would try and go, no, no. That, that Interesting. So yeah. how have- so he's in charge of his things and I'm in charge of mine. And then we visit each other and and we love each other's opinions on our work, but we don't, yeah. I'm curious, Zach. I want to take a little tangent. Um, your time as a pastor, how? I don't want to like, 
I feel like we could have an entire conversation about this, but summarizing your entire time as a pastor, because we talk about relationships, because, because yeah. we talk to married people, singles, dating, is there one piece of advice from your time as a pastor witnessing all the changes and journeys people are taking within a church that you would give to people in relationships? I guess marriages probably. Uh, yeah. So that, I mean, that's the beauty of being a pastor is that you are led into people's lives in a really intimate way. And that was, that's the, the part of it more than probably anything that I miss of, of, of having that kind of place in people's life. Uh, it's super, it's super tender and super vulnerable um, and, and super sacred. And so what I would say, what I would say to people is go find that church, go find that community of people to plug into uh, that you can walk, walk with people beside uh, just because um, we live even, even in a church community. I mean, everything is so fragmented uh, in our society, or or we've gone through pandemic where nobody could attend things in person, and so there's this real sense that um, that we haven't we haven't seen each other, we haven't uh, been in bodily form in proximity to people, and there is just like we're looking at each other on a screen, and it's awesome, but how much better is it mm -hmm. when we're actually on couches together in the same room with people rubbing shoulders? Um, there's, there's some, there's some real exchange and real quality of relationships that you just can't get. And so that's what a, a church, a community of faith, uh, can offer to people. And, and, and we're all, we're all sitting here. We're all looking for mentors. We're looking for help. Uh, we're mm -hmm. all trapped in our season of life in our circumstances. And if we don't have that extended community yeah. and wiser people that have walked through this with us, um, we're going to be stuck. Um, and, and so, so I would, I would say, yeah, well, go yeah find and we people. always just say, don't, don't fear counseling because counseling really did mm. change and save our marriage. I would say we were at a place where I said, I don't, I don't believe in divorce. And I'm, so I'm not going to divorce you, but I would, if I did believe in mm -hmm. it, like I, I just, I was really committed to marriage, but I, I was that unhappy. And that was kind of my cry over mm -hmm. the bow. And we, so we started going to counseling and and it really did bring us so much understanding. I have another uh, couple that we're great friends with right now that's in it right now. And it's reminding me of all the power of it. But it's basically tools that people have in their hand all of a sudden. It's like a hammer and nails, right? It's like, oh, I didn't know I needed to communicate this way. I didn't know my wife needed this. Like, it's just when you're sitting there, you know, in alone, which we've all been together a lot, right, in the last few years. Um, in your house, there is just kind of, it's hard to have perspective and what an outside, it can be a mentor yep. or, yep. Um, you know, pastor, a, a counselor can do is give you perspective and help you know how to bridge gaps that, that are inevitably there, right? Every marriage, of course, marriage is hard. It's two very independent people that are completely different from each other, trying to live together. And it is, of course, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. And there's no magic to counseling. It don't, I, I say it, Counseling only works if it works. Like if, if two people or, or one person, if you're single, if you want to grow and you want change and you want people to speak into your life, like that's going to happen. You taking the initiative to do that. But what a counselor does, it's this independent, neutral third party that can hear both sides and 
oftentimes they can repeat the same thing to your spouse or to <laughs> your significant the other that you've been saying, but all of a sudden you can hear it because that person is not the source of the hurt. And so there's nothing super magic. Yes, they're trained and you want to pick good ones rather than bad ones, but um, there's something really great about having a neutral third party, a wise sage that you can go to. And one more thing about that. I think we think of counseling as something you do when you're absolutely desperate. Mm -hmm. And we always tell people you should have a counselor handy. Like you should just know the one you want to go see. And when you get to a place where you feel stuck, go because it doesn't, that's how you prevent getting to that dark place. And I think you know, the reason we have a healthy family, the reason we have a healthy marriage is all of those early years, the investment we've put in. It was not something that just happened. It happened because we worked really hard at it. Today's video is sponsored by Hop Water. I want to tell you all about Hop Water. We actually did a video just now with them. Uh, delicious stuff. It's a game changer, though, when it comes to having a great hop. I've been loving their blood orange flavor. It reminds me of my favorite beer, but it's just a sparkling beverage. Hop water is a non-alcoholic sparkling hop water crafted with functional ingredients for added mood boosting benefits. I love the fact that it doesn't bust up diets, it's gluten free and keto approved, plus it has no calories, carbs or sugar. Each can is bursting with a crisp, citrusy, piney taste. Those were some fantastic adjectives you just used there. Crisp, citrusy, piney, I'm in. There are so many great flavors though. They have their classic flavor, they have mango, blood orange and the new lime. It's time to crack open a cold one with hop water, the healthy way to hops. For a limited time, we have a special offer just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first purchase. Plus, get free shipping when you order 24 cans or more. To get this offer, go to hopwater.com. That's H-O-P-W-T-R.com. And use our promo code ESFAM to get 20% off plus free shipping. Don't wait. This offer won't last long. Go now to hopwtr.com and use promo code ESFAM. Don't forget ESFAM so you don't miss out on this offer. We'll also link it down below. One in five Americans have, quote, learn a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Plus, Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Andrew and I have been learning Spanish on Babbel, and it's been so fun. We've wanted to learn a new language for so long and have finally started. We've learned how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants, all without having to consult language apps, which is so cool. It's crazy how fast your brain picks up a new language when it's presented in a relatable way. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Babbel has over 10 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash eastfam. Again, get 60% off at babbel.com slash eastfam, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash eastfam. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yeah, Sean and I, uh, that was one of our resolutions last year to go to a counselor three times at least three times a year 
Uh, and, I love that. And so we met with yeah, one. So because that counselor, sorry, that counselor now knows you, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's not any fire. Maybe there are, maybe there aren't fires to put out. Yeah. But those first few sessions, they just have to get to know you. They can't be helpful until they've taken in that. But if you guys hit a major bump or there's a ma- there's major suffering in your life that you need, you guys could jump in with that counselor now right. because they know you. And there's a trust that, Hey, they're not going to choose her. I, I don't yeah. feel like yes. the counselor's choosing <laughs> yeah, yeah. her side. And you know, we have a, a previous relationship, but we met with one of these counselors and she was like, okay, so what's going on? And we were like, right. Oh, nothing. We were just, we just want to do like maintenance, make yeah. sure we're all running That's smoothly. That. That's awesome. And, and she was like, in my seven years of doing this, I've never had yeah. a couple come to me uh, just to without. And it was like, Oh my gosh, this is wrong. This okay. needs yeah. to change. So that does. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm curious. So, uh, what social cadences do Ginny and Zach have together? Maybe on like a weekly basis. If you're going to print out like a a template schedule of, hey, you know, we go to church together. Ginny and I do, and we we're around a lot of people, and we do, you know, group game nights or whatever. Because I feel like that was one thing that when Sean and I have been through rough patches, you know, you want to balance it out. But one thing that helped is spending time with other people just to get your head out of you know, the immediate yeah. situation and, and back up a little yeah. bit. And to your point about yeah. being mission driven, like, again, when I feel like whenever you're serving somebody that, yeah. that puts things in perspective, like, Oh, you know what? You know, her not closing the cabinet doors <laughs> wasn't that big a yeah. deal probably, yeah. but <laughs> social like friends and having close community, as you were talking about, Zach is a, is a big part of providing perspective. So what does that look like for Ginny and Zach? First of all, I love the question because I do think if something is just set in your calendar, in fact, I did it this morning. We have a little group that we get together as couples once a month, and then we get together as girls once a month. Hmm. And so today, one of the girls sent the schedule for the semester. And what's awesome is I'll go plug that in my calendar. We don't have to plan it. They know it's at my house. They know it's at 7 p.m. And we know what we do. Like it's all set. So as long as we just get it on the calendar, there's not a lot of thought. I think when we're thinking, oh, we should spend time with people. Yeah. And then you try to book it and it's hard to book and, and yes. where are we going to go? And it just is a lot of work versus saying, you know what? I'd love to start this little gathering where we do separate club every month or we do book club or we do small group or whatever it is that, that you do together. And so we, we have them over and it's so easy. We just, we keep it easy. We don't eat dinner because that's work, but we, you mm. know, we'll sit there and sometimes do dessert and sometimes do wine. And, um, and it's just, easy and fun. And then we, we read a book together right now. That's what we've been doing. And it's a book that definitely impacts marriage, but it isn't just about marriage. And it's just, I think setting times is a good thing. And then you have a small group of guys by putting in your calendar, like literally, Hey, we're going to meet on February, you know, 31st. I'm booking in the calendar at 6 a.m. We're going to my house. I and then that, that way, that's so I'm going to do that so much easier. I'm literally, I'm going through my head. I'm like, I'm going to invite these people and this is going to happen. It's so easy to do, but it's also so easy to like, hey, you know, you text a friend, hey, I would love to get together. And then it never happens. And then it never happens. It's like, right. But, right. I think people appreciate it. Like today it was another friend that set all the dates and we all were relieved. Like, okay, it's in our calendar. Gosh. Yeah. I didn't have any conflicts. Yeah. And it was set. And that feels good. Yeah. But yeah, I've got a group of uh, five guys and we meet weekly uh 7 a.m uh 7 to 8 an hour on friday mornings and and we're just we're bringing life together and it's a way for us to hold each other in check and and uh and yeah it's a it's a significant 
commitment, but the only way for us to really be helpful into each other's lives is to meet that consistently because stuff, stuff just goes on. Or if we're traveling or like, if we only met once a month and that somebody had a conflict, like, and they didn't make that meeting, then it's once every two months and how right. much of life happens mm -hmm. in two months that you yeah. miss out on. And so how can I be a helpful friend if I don't have that frequency mm. in lives? And so, so yeah, so I've got a, a group of guys. And I do that with girls too. We have a once a week gathering, but it's so easy because we're all close together in proximity. Yeah. So right. total, you know, it's one hour for us too. And that feel goes really fast, but we're kind of just going, this is what's going on. And then we can follow up later and know what's going on in each other's lives. So we're really committed to all this right now. All of our kids are big enough that that's easy to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other, the other gathering, a lot of us have younger kids or a lot of people have younger kids. And so we just, you know, that takes a little more planning, but I, I think it's possible even with young kids, it's just bring your kids over. And I think that's the other thing I saw in other cultures was they just raise their kids together. So all the kids are there and they eat pizza and it's not perfect dinner, mm -hmm. but it's, it's just fun, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I, and messy. And I think choosing that is a harder choice, but it's a lot easier way to get together with people. Yeah. And I, and I guess I would say that even if it's messy, even if it doesn't work out perfectly, like it is worth the fight, even in you guys season of life where it's just really complicated, like those intentional relationships and having having that in your life is is worth the fight to make it happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sean's thirtieth birthday was uh, not too long ago, and we went mm -hmm. out to dinner. And one of my friends just had a baby, and so you know we were like excited to go be with adults because we're in the phase where we're always sure. around kids. Right. And my buddy was like, "Hey, babysitter fell through. Can we bring the baby?" We're like, "Oh, dang it." Yes. <laughs> yes. But it was like, yeah. But then I spent the entire night holding him because I was yeah. like, oh, I love babies so but much. But it was like, otherwise, we're not going to see this guy. So I guess, yeah. you know, there's such, it was such a, such a small obstacle for us to oh, have to gosh, swallow. Yeah. But um, anyway, it made me think of that. I, awesome. I was challenged recently. Um, I joined a men's group and the organizer of this had me sign a contract mm -hmm. saying, Hey, you're going to sit down and go over this contract with your wife saying like, we, I had to sign it too. Yeah. We've booked all wow. of these meetings. Like we put these on the calendar and you're saying that you're going to show up, you're going to have prepared like the, we, it was a list of books. You're going to have read those and have notes. And, and stated that I, as a wife had to be in support of him. Like, so I was basically mm -hmm. signing off and saying, I will do what I can to help support him and make sure he makes it to the men's group. And it was such a good, first of all, I saw that contract and I was like, this is hilarious. And what a joke <laughs> yeah. that feels way too intense and aggressive for a men's group. Right. But then it was an actual yeah. really good exercise for me on, Hey, what does it mean to commit? Like, we're either yes. going to do this men's group and mm -hmm. it be something that's really good that we help each other, build each other, learn from each other. Like you're talking about Zach, or we're just going to be a group of guys who hopefully gets together, you know, like hopefully yeah. maybe 40% of us show up at each meeting. And so by the end of it, I was like, this is amazing and so mm -hmm. powerful. Um, and layer on to that, the fact that I typically operate with like, committing to something without talking to my wife. So like that never goes over <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. but it, it was like a really, really good challenging exercise for me to go through with this men's group. But I would, I would actually recommend it to people. Yeah. But. He, you, he's since started his own men's group and he's doing the same thing, yeah, which I think is really, really anyway. cool. Well, that's true. I think that's so interesting because 
people you hear that and you you're kind of shocked like, yeah wow, that's <laughs> that's like we don't commit to things like that anymore right yeah. the reality is you loved it so much like that guy who ever started that yeah was brave to say something like that but it has brought such goodness in your life right yes so i think we are afraid to be intentional and we're afraid to ask for a commitment from people and then we have shallow relationships and nobody's happy and we mm. actually don't over years grow together and care about each other and take care of each other. And so I actually love that. I think those are some of the ways you can take like our big cities and our busy lives and actually build things, structures in them that people have had throughout history because they are all committed to each other. Most people never move more than 20 miles away. And so it is from where they were born. So this yeah. is, this is how people have committed to each other for, for gener every generation on earth until recently. So it's just, it's really cool. And that's a way I'm going to, I'm going to steal that from you. I'm going to yeah. make, I'm going to make my small group sign a contract. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So good. Um, I have so many thoughts on like the loneliness and the community aspect and like the depth and um, Andrew and I are, we try to be very intentional when it comes to depth of relationships because something that we started very early on in the dating process is we didn't like superficial things. We don't want to talk yeah. about what the sky looks like today. We just don't. We like having philosophical, deep, heartfelt conversations. That kind of is what stimulates us. But we have found over the years that a lot of people have a really hard time going into deep conversation or deep commitments or deep um, relationships. And usually a lot of that can spark drama because you're getting to a vulnerable place with someone where they either get defensive or they get um, embarrassed or uncomfortable. What are your thoughts when it comes to building a community on, on drama, on gossip, on, on all those superficial things yeah. that tend to happen? Do you keep people within your community who, who spark that? Do you try to yeah. work through it? Do you grow through it? What are your thoughts there? I'm so excited because you guys have also had teenagers too. So yeah, yeah, oh gosh, yeah, yeah it's familiar. But it, but you're exactly right. It happens with adults too. We never outgrow it. Um, it feels good to gossip. There's a reason people gossip. It's it's actually amazing to feel like you're better than someone else. To feel like uh, you've got some information that other people don't have. Like all of that feels good, or we wouldn't do it. So there's a lot of grace to to that because I've accidentally done it too. And I write books about not doing it. So, you know, I, I think there's a reality to it that it's good to just start with. And, and so I think people actually, though, I think at their core, they want to be good friends. I think people want to be healthy people. And so I, I think back to your buddy that made that contract throughout the book, I realized I was building rules and rails to something that feels very vague. I never got taught how to be a good friend. I don't remember ever in first grade, somebody sitting me down and saying, this is how you be a good mm. friend. You don't gossip, you include other people. I mean, I remember those little things being said along the way, but like nobody put it in the context of, this is how you have and make friends. Yeah. And so I realized when I was writing the book, that's kind of what I'm writing and, and to put in there the basics and, and to realize that sometimes you need to lay ground rules with your people and it's a brave thing to do, but like your buddy did, he, you ha he had to sign a contract. I just think there's something about going, y'all, we don't want to do this. I mean, assume they don't assume, yeah. you know what? You don't want to be toxic. I don't want to be toxic. I'm tempted to do this too. Let's not do it. Like, let's just choose to not do it. Now there are people that they love being toxic and they love being dramatic. That is to me, the rare person, but they exist. And I think if they really want that, that's not going to be a healthy friend 
to choose or to put in your inner circle. Um, you can keep hanging out with them, but just don't share your secrets. Like they're going to, you know, don't treat them as an inner circle person. Um, I think there's, there's different levels of relationships and you can keep them out here at acquaintance and go to dinner every once in a while. But, but you know, that inner circle of safe people, that's going to be a smaller number. And that is where I look for people that are healthy, but even those people are going to gossip sometimes be unhealthy not tell me they're upset with me when they are. And then, then it turns into a bigger deal. You know, all those things happen still. And that's where you learn to, to do conflict. Um, I tell my kids, you're not, you're not close friends with anyone until you've gone through a conflict because you mm. will eventually have a conflict. And then, you know, that's a close friend when you, when you work it out and you deal with it together and you forgive each other and then you're okay again. Dang. That is a good friend because that's you good. know that's not going to end, that that you can go through and weather conflict. And so conflict isn't something to be avoided. It's something to to manage and to work through. And it will happen. If you do life the way I'm talking about, it will happen. And and the decision you have is, is this someone worth fighting for? Is this someone to to go through the conflict or do I just let go? and start over, which is super costly in the world we live in. We don't have time to make new friends every year. You know, it's just, it, it's, it's hard to let go of friendships just because there's conflict. We've got to choose to work through it. And, and so, yeah, I would say, depending on the person and I say, give people a chance because most people just don't know how to have deep conversations. They've never mm -hmm. done it. And the fact that y'all are so good at it, mm -hmm. it's almost like, Hey, let me, let me ask a great question and, and test it and see, and when they don't know what to do with it, coach them a little. I know that sounds so elementary, but I think I've learned like people really just need help. <laughs> they need, they need help of knowing, you know what, this is what I need from this conversation or come into it and say, Hey, I just really need advice on this situation, or I need you to listen. And I think we're afraid to say things like that. And then we walk away disappointed because they talk the whole time or because, you know, they didn't meet our need. And I'm like, just start by saying, hey, this is what I need right now. Mm. And I think it starts to change the trajectory of relationships when we kind of say, I always say to my kids, use your words, <laughs> say what you need, say mm -hmm. what you want. Like, you, you know, and yeah. I think sometimes we, we hide it and then we're sad when we don't get what we need, but we never said what we needed. You're preaching right now. You know, we have to talk about Athletic Greens. They just raised a bunch of money they're crushing it right now and i'm so excited because the product itself is fantastic and now the business is finally you know getting the exposure that it deserves i do want to say my mom came to me the other week and she said honey i want to up my like nutrition game and she said if i were to take one thing to kind of like put me a step ahead from where i was what would i take because if you know andrew and i we are really into the supplement game and the beverage game and I was like, Mom, if you were to like take one thing a day and change your life, it would be Athletic Greens. With just one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. They have it in different forms. They have little travel packs, which are easy. You just pop one open, pour it in water, stir it up, or you can also buy their, their larger bag that has scoops. I kind of prefer the travel packs, but that's just me. It's truly an awesome, healthy addition to your daily routine that can kind of make up for any nutritional gaps you have in your diet. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. I think we've already started that one here. 
It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash EastFam. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash EastFam to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We love it. Try it out if you haven't already. We'll link it down below. Let's get back to it. What is, the, <laughs> Does dad have any uh, additional thoughts on drama? <laughs> But your he dad, sorry, head. Zach. He's like, oh, oh. <laughs> he he's a guy. But your boys have had drama plenty. Yeah, but they take after you. <laughs> I'm not. No, not just our sons. Yes, they are very dramatic. Our sons, but but I mean, you're like you're in your group. Like y'all have had to work through things, and I feel like y'all have had to work through more than us sometimes. So guys, they they bond they bond uh, shoulder to shoulder before they bond face to face, usually like they, that's, that's how guys relationships usually start. Um, but examples of that, like sports, or just or... working, just using your body sports. So a lot of guys, it's uh, like join a basketball league or, yeah. you know, do something. And so, and so there's that, he, this is my guy, uh, before a lot of times that I'll get face to face and then I'll talk, I have a real relationship yeah. with them. And so we've gotten there, uh, with our small group. And so we'll be face to face and, uh, I think the cool thing about guys, sometimes it's harder for girls to work through conflict. Uh, they'll be catty and they'll talk about, it. but guys just kind of, we're going to go fight and we're going to go at each other and we're going to work through it. And so I've got a, yeah, I've got a group of guys uh, that will say the hard things to each other. They'll do it in love. We've had enough time together mm. where we there's trust there that I know that they're not bringing something to me that they have seen a, as a pattern in my life. They won't attack my character, but they'll say your behavior is not reflective of the character that I know you have. And so it doesn't um, it doesn't diminish me of, yeah. of, of kind of who I am and my identity, but but it does say. Zach, everything that we've seen in your life, this is not a healthy pattern. This behavior is not. And Dude. I want to show it to you. You may not be able to see it. That's so good. I've been thinking about that when we like mm -hmm. argue in our marriage. The The first instinct I have with Sean is to be like, you never take out the trash. <laughs> and that's like, it's such a ridiculous statement because she has say it's like blanket statements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, right, to, right, right. but to flip that and be like, you know, as you're saying, your behavior here in this instance and like making that criticism small and calling yeah. out the it, yeah. it's so unlike the Zach that I know or the Zach that, you know, I've seen. Yeah. That's yeah. right. It, That's right. It's like very it's a very powerful, uh, you know, different way to yeah, go about it. Because it builds it builds up what you know about that person. Like, I, I believe in you. I've seen it. I know this to be true. Huh. This is this is odd. Yeah, this is odd. This is not reflective. And so. Um, so you can receive, it's easier to receive because it's not, my character is not being attacked. Um, okay. Fun question for you guys. You guys have been married almost 25 years and you're 25. How long did you date before you got married? A year of dating, a year of engagement. We got so, married as little baby kiddos. Yeah, we, we were, were very young. We were like 20. Uh, we were 20. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. So. And then we accidentally got pregnant, which I know how it works. But anyway, <laughs> it, it was it was still was an accident, and it was, um, you know, we were we were young there too, twenty two. So, yeah, it's it's been 
a lot of life. So yeah, we, in yeah, your so people, yeah, go ahead. And yeah. I was say in your 27 years together, that okay. math yeah. is right. Yeah. What's your favorite date right. you've been on? <gasps> so good. That's not, that's yours to answer. Actually. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I can see that. Um, so what comes to mind is I love dark restaurants. Yes. Candlelight. Mm -hmm. Yes. That are quiet. Yes. That and, and I, I don't know why I live in Dallas. So there's, there's just not a lot of those. Like there's not all of the places we go are like Mexican, like loud. And so to me, like every awesome long day we've had has been, it, it's just a really intimate environment. And the best is, I mean, we've spent most of our lives very, very poor. And so he was a pastor and that was about, you know, we just didn't have a lot of money. We had a bunch of kids. And so we would have to figure out how to, we couldn't go on trips together. So we would get one night away and get a sitter for one night that felt all doable. And that was, we did that probably three or four times a year. And so when I look back at our, at our married life, mm -hmm. that saved us because we didn't have to be home at a certain time. We actually got to go to one of those dark restaurants and like talk for hours and not worry about getting home. And so it just, I think that's when I look back over our marriage, like those are some of my best memories is just that one night and total, right. That was like $300 to mm -hmm. do that night. Um, but if you get two nights, it's even better. If two nights is better <laughs> because, because you, then you can sleep in the next day. Yeah. 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 Relax. Stay the whole day. The sleeping in is key. The, the sleeping in is yes. key. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Zach, what about you? I, I would say the kind of those quarterly yeah. uh, in that season of life with young kids, it was what we could afford. It was where we could drive to. We found a favorite bed and breakfast mm -hmm. that we um, were friends with a guy and he gave us a really good deal. Yeah, he, so he gave, yeah, he gave us a great deal, but it really felt like that we were escaping. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and so, so yeah, the, uh, those yeah, are, fun. those are great memories, even probably even better memories, maybe even than the long trips that we've taken since. Mm -hmm. In fact, you won't take a long trip with me. I know. Right. Eventually we get tired of each other <laughs> and we are not made to like sit around. We just, we can sit around for two or three days and yeah. then we're good. So I really had to stretch it. So, so we're going to go on a 25th anniversary vacation. And I said three nights. She said three nights and I had to work hard to stretch her to four. <laughs> it better be a good place. It better be a good place. We better have I, some things to do. We need to go take some excursions or something. Anyway, I will say we, just, we do have a three night thing as well. Yeah. Because you do. Yes. Because we always say I would so much rather leave somewhere just like yes. begging to stay longer then yeah. ever leave a place and be like, oh, I was bored. We should have left yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And we always say it, it's like that three nights. The three nights is like, I want more. The fourth night is like, oh, we should have gone home. So yeah. sorry, <laughs> Zach. <laughs> sorry, Zach. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a good trip. He'll it'll actually, be a great trip. After this. He'll be like, you know, travel planning. Better. Yeah, it'll be okay. I don't know. Yeah, the, the answer to what our favorite date has been. I do think there is something to like for the, the idea that even though you can do something like with whatever resources or time available that you have, doesn't always mean that you should, or that that's the best thing to do. Like, especially in our marriage, I feel like the, the instance that comes to mind that was most special was I had just gotten released by the LA Rams and Sean met me in Moab, Utah. And we went on like a two day camping trip. This was before kids now, but like 
it was, you know, we could have stayed at a hotel or whatever, like, you know, rented a cabin, but we went camping and there was something about just us, you know, I was sad and she was there for me and we were talking, <laughs> but we, we had this really special moment together where. And the best was, part of that is we had never camped before and we didn't own any camping gear. So we went to like oh a God. used, <laughs> yeah, we, was, we, we went to like Goodwill, slept in a, used, a used uh, store. Sleeping bag, which I would not recommend, <laughs> yeah. but anyway. But it was great. Okay. But Sean, my respect for you just went up so high. You, oh, you you're not a camper, Jenny. I didn't marry that girl. I will say, <laughs> he took me on an RV trip, and I and it was just two nights, and I was like, never again. I mean, I had a bathroom, and I had a bed, and I uh, still yeah. was like, no. That's no, I, I mean, to that, I will say, I am one thousand percent not that girl either. So that was like a <laughs> that was, that was like I'm doing this for you, babe. His look dream, at him. it's his favorite. His dream in life is to do like a um, rough and tough RV trip across the country with our babies, like at the age that they're on now. And I'm like, never in a million years. If I had a my way, we would own never. nothing except for like an RV and like three pieces of clothes each and just never. like be nomads. That's but He didn't adorable. marry that girl. But yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely Thank you, Jim. It will never happen, but <laughs> no, it is what it is. It's good. Good, you know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jenny, Zach, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Oh, uh, we check, loved it, guys. It was this was this was really fun. Check out Jenny's Y'all ever come new to Dallas? Book. Let's grab let's grab dinner. Yes, I'm please. super down. I'm gonna get your number after this, Zach. All right, because yes. I want yes. vacations. But check out Jenny's new book called uh, "Find Your People," and also her podcast called "Made for This." She's written. Jenny's written some amazing books yes including oh, get out of your head but uh yeah any anything thank that you. she writes would highly recommend so thank you for thank you sharing some of your thoughts uh and research with us and keep an eye out for zach too because he's got projects in the works yes sport yeah. ice i'm just gonna say it i better freaking get some of the first uh, these look amazing so i'm pumped yes. but we'll also <laughs> we'll also link uh, all the good stuff down below but thank you guys again thanks guys All right, real quick for all of those listening out there, we don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcasts on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show, and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners, and some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way... You'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.